Heavenly Father, we beseech thee. I kneel before you as a member of this age-old craft, praying to you for guidance as I am on a journey. A journey for more light, but more especially light that has been lost, forgotten, or hidden among the ages gone by. The light that connects us with our very meaning and informs us of our purpose. Light locked deep within our past, beyond lips that no longer speak, and paths forgotten, no longer traveled. Aid me in my pursuit, Lord, for historical light. Hey everybody, welcome back to Historical Light, an independent Masonic show focused on the historical events and aspects within Freemasonry. As always, I'm your host, Brother Alex Powers, and I want to thank you guys for joining us again. Today is episode number 13. We have a great interview set up with Brother Matt Fisher from down at Web Lodge. He's going to be sharing some wonderful history with us from down around that area. Now, today's episode is brought to you in part by our sponsor, Masonic Revival. If you haven't checked them out yet, do so today after the episode at MasonicRevival.com. You're going to find some wonderful quality merchandise you're going to be dying to get your hands on. And I suggest you do so. You'll definitely be pleased with the quality. Uh, while you're there, make sure you use our promo code. It's all caps, one word, H-LIGHT. I say it again, H-LIGHT. By using that promo code, you'll get free shipping on your entire order. So go ahead and throw a couple extra products on there today. You'll be pleased with whatever you choose and use that promo code. It's well worth it. Now, the episode is also brought to you in part by viewers like you. So if you like what we do around here and want to see us continue and grow over time, you can as well support us by going to our website, historicallight.com, and clicking on the Support Us tab up in the top menu bar. You'll be able to give to us securely and safely through PayPal. We definitely appreciate everyone that has offered to the show. Again, that doesn't go into my pocket. That goes to carry on the cost of the show for hosting and uh, equipment upkeep and so forth. So just keeping the show going over time so it can kind of self-sustain itself. So we definitely appreciate everything you guys have been willing to offer thus far. Now, as we jump into the episode, we're going to start off, as we always do, by checking in with our friends over at masonrytoday.com and see just what happened in Masonic history today. Today in Masonic history, John Jacob Astor is born in 1763. Astor was a German-born American businessman. He was born in Waldorf, Germany, near Heidelsberg, and was born by the name of Johann Jacob Astor. He was the youngest of four brothers and began his business career in Germany as a dairy salesman for his father's business. In 1779, Astor, who was 16, moved to London where his brother was running a musical instrument shop. He would work there with his brother in the city of London. He would also learn how to speak English there and angelicize his name. Then in 1784, Astor immigrated to the United States just after the Revolutionary War. Initially, he would help one of his brothers open a butcher shop. He would also eventually start trading furs with the Native Americans in the late 1780s. In New York City, he would establish a fur shop and would also sell instruments for his brothers back in London. Astor was known to be a uh, horse racing enthusiast. He would go on to purchase a thoroughbred named Messenger. 
The horse would become the satire of the standard bred breed of horses, which is commonly used in trot or pace harness racing. 1794, Astor started trading with Canada for furs. He would import them into the United States and then sell them over in Europe. By 1807, the United States Embargo Act prevented Astor from further trading with Canada. With the blessing of Thomas Jefferson, Astor went on to create the American Fur Company. Some of the owners of the American Fur Company were Canadians, and this allowed Astor to get around the embargo. During this time, Astor opened trade with China as well. In 1799, Astor began acquiring land on the waterfront in New York City. Astor was convinced, correctly, that New York City was bound to become one of the largest cities in the world. He buy, uh, began buying up other land as well, even outside the city limits of New York. He never settled on land or used any of it for himself. Instead, he rented it out for others' use. After the War of 1812, the United States passed a ban on foreign fur traders. This allowed the American Fur Company to dominate the market within the United States. When Astor finally decided to retire, he was arguably the richest man in the United States. In adjusted 2006 US dollars, it was believed that Astor was worth $110.1 billion. This would make Astor the fifth richest man ever in the United States. In 2011 adjusted dollars, it was estimated that he was worth a much more conservative figure of $1.272 billion. He would use this wealth to support cultural endeavors. When Astor passed away on March 29th of 1848, his will provided over $400,000 to the establishment of the Astor Library, which after merging with several other smaller libraries, became the New York Public Library. He also provided money to create an orphanage in his hometown back in Waldorf. The orphanage is now a museum honoring Astor. Astor was a member of Holland Lodge No. 8 in New York City. In 1788, he would serve as worshipful master of that lodge. He would also later become the Grand Treasurer of the Grand Lodge of New York. Alright, well thank you so much again to our friends over at masonertoday.com for another great piece. And check them out at their website so you can find more pieces like that. Um, on a daily basis. Now we got a few uh, updates to do but tonight's interview is a little on the long side so we're going to jump straight into that. We'll catch up on the updates just after the interview. So without further ado, let's uh, jump over to our interview with Brother Matt Fisher. Hey everybody, welcome back to Historical Light. Very pleased today to have Brother Matt Fisher with us. Uh, he is coming from Webb Lodge number 1454 in Arlington, Texas. Uh, Brother Webb, if you don't mind, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, if you want to further introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background. Thank you, Brother Powers. Uh, my name is Matthew Fisher. I'm the current senior deacon at Webb Lodge number 1454 in Arlington, Texas. I'm actually going to be a holdover. I'll be serving as senior deacon again uh, to allow another brother to step in front of me and be junior warden. No, this was not done in anger. This was done at my choice. Um, I've been a Mason for four years now, not all at Webb. Uh, I've been at Webb the last two years. Um, I was uh, made a Master Mason in April of 2013, and uh, since then I've been striving for more light every day, trying to become a better brother, a uh, better man, better husband, whatever, anything you can 
think of being better at, that's what I've been trying to do. Better educator since I'm a teacher. That's my vocation. Wonderful. Um, specifically, I'm a band director, so I get to deal with all sorts of different levels of kids and um, get to spread the joys of masonry even to the younger generations, too. They always ask me, what's that when they see my ring or my, my uh, pocket conch, whatever it is. you know. So I, I'm always getting to answer those questions, and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome, brother. Well, it sounds like you're on the right track within your Masonic journey. You know, the fact that you're, you're staying in your chair for your own reasons, that's awesome. You know, I, I've been told since I came into the fraternity, don't rush it. Everyone gets in this rush to get through it and your past master is done and then what? Take your time. Enjoy it. If you feel like there's more that you can learn from where you're at, take that opportunity. Seize it because it's a lifetime journey. There's no reason to rush it within a few days. So I, I like that, brother. Can, uh, want to congratulate you on that and really you're making a great choice there by doing it at your own pace and for your own reasons so no reason to rush through it well brother what is it that actually got you enticed to join Freemason what really turned you on to the fraternity in the first place well it's funny um, my dad is a is a Mason um, and I told you I'm from Texas that's where I was born and raised sure. but my dad was actually a Mason in Illinois that's where he was from my family moved to Texas in the 80s <clears throat> excuse me in the early 80s and um, so I grew up hearing a lot of stories about my dad and what he did as a mason and as a shriner um, doing Scottish Rite masonry and so you know I always heard these stories growing up and I'm one that I like to remember stories I maybe not don't remember them all in the perfect context but <laughs> I like to remember I like to remember the stories and so um, it was late in my uh, I took a very uh, extended college career. I, I crammed four years worth of college into nine. And um, it was towards the end of my uh, my college career that I decided, you know what? I'm seeing this everywhere. I'm seeing the square and compass everywhere. I'm seeing masonry everywhere. What's it all about? So I started talking to my dad about it. And um, we had a couple of very short conversations. And then he finally said, you know what? Go to a lodge. Pick a lodge. Go to a lodge and go find out about it. At the time, I was living in Arlington with my wife, and we were living in central Arlington, and about a mile from my house at the time was uh, Arlington Lodge number 438, which is the original Arlington Lodge for Arlington, Texas. And so I went in there, and, um, you know, I didn't didn't have a typical experience. I walked in there on a study club night. Brothers were in there studying, and, and you could tell they were very, very hard at work. And uh, another brother came through the lodge, the, the ante room where I was standing, and um, you know, we talked for a few minutes, and he said, "Well, if you could, if you can, come back." He said, "Come back on a, on a meal night." And so, um, as luck would have it, I, I wasn't able to go back. I wasn't able to to follow through on that. Just certain, you know how it is. Dominoes fall, and events happen. Sure. And so, um, what ended up happening was I had, I ended up meeting another brother who was a, a fellow student with me at uh, Texas Wesleyan University, where I went and got my undergrad from. Where I finished, and uh, it turned out he was a mason at a lodge in um, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. And I, I didn't understand the grand scope. I didn't understand the grand scheme. So I thought he was a member of Fort Worth Lodge. You know, I'd heard of Arlington Lodge. I'd heard of Dallas Lodge. I'd heard of, but I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that there was more than one lodge. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know that in Tarrant County, which is where Arlington is, Tarrant County, there's there's almost thirty lodges. There's almost thirty Masonic lodges. Wow. Yeah, masonry is abundant in in Tarrant County. You just don't realize it until you start looking for it. You know, sure. you don't you don't see it. Um, 
And as it happened, he I was a, I told you I'm a band director, so I was studying to be a, a music educator. He was studying to be a music educator. It turned out he ended up becoming the conductor of the Shrine Band in Mosla Shrine Temple in Fort Worth. And he said, we're turning it into a community band. Would you like to come and play in the community band? And I said to myself, sure. I don't have 15 million other things going on. Let's add one more. And, um, and, and I did. And I really enjoyed it. And so I got to know the gentleman in that band. It was a small band. Um, you know, Shrine bands are not super popular in Texas anymore. I know they're still fairly popular in Kansas, and I know they're still fairly popular in the Midwest. But in Texas, they're they're. I hate to say it, but they're dying. You know, it's sure. a it's a it's a hard thing to do. You know, and I'll I'll go off on that little segue in a minute. Um, but I met a lot of the brothers in the band, and a lot of them happened to be from Julian Field Lodge. And I said, well, well, what's that? You know, like total novice over here. No no clue. Again, like I said, right. I thought, one town, one lodge. And they said, well, Julian Field Lodge is another Masonic Lodge here in Texas. And I said, uh, or in, in Fort Worth. And I said, where is it? It's in this building. Well, let me let me go off of that for a second. In downtown Fort Worth, there is a, there is a Masonic temple. It's actually the Masonic Museum and Library officially. Oh, nice. um, it's it's where we hold our. It's where Tar- all of Tarrant County's Masonic records are, um, and there just happens to be. And it's a it's a very beautiful building built back in the 30s, part of the Works Program administration, from after the um, um, after the Great Depression. It was we were we were lucky enough to benefit from a building from WPA. So we have our our Masonic Temple, and it's this. It's a very grand building it, it's not as grand as it once was you know we're working on it it's you know time that's the story is, of is all a, our temples isn't it right right exactly and so and so i was and so the first time i went to this building i just went holy crap because i had ne- i had only seen arlington lodge and arlington lodge is a very modest building you know nice building good size it's got two meeting rooms in there but i i, I was used to that you know spend 18 right. years of your life growing up in arlington travel around don't really think about masonry and come back and all of a sudden you're just like what is this giant building I'm standing in front of? And so very quickly I learned that within that building you have four Masonic lodges. You have the Shrine. You have the Scottish Rite Valley of Fort Worth. Uh, you have the Grotto. The uh, Worth Commandery Number 19 meets upstairs in the uh, Asylum. It's it's a four-story building, true basement. It's it's a, it's an amazing building filled with tons of history. So. I dug in, and I, I very quickly was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. So every week I came back to band rehearsal asking more questions, asking more questions. Finally, I think it was about March of my – or no, it was about uh, January. We had just come back from the new year in 2013, and I walked in, and I said, can I get somebody to sign this? Because I had gone and gotten a petition, talked to my wife about it. She was fine with it. And so I just walked in. I said, can I get somebody to sign this? And there weren't enough pens in the room. Because these guys had all gotten to know me over the course yeah. of six months, so so to them I was this good guy. I was I was somebody worthy of being called brother. So, you know, I, I had suddenly had a lot of people, and and it's really funny. I look back on it now, and turns out a lot of the guys in the band were in Julian Field Lodge, which is there in downtown Fort Worth. Um, but I had a lot of guys that came to my master's raising that were in that band that were not. I had members from Fort Worth 148. I had members from Panther City. I had a member from Cookpedia. I had a member from Arlington 438. These were all men that were in the Shrine Band that were now suddenly my brothers. And, of course, I didn't understand that, again, because, right. you know, I'm, I'm Julian Field. Well, it didn't dawn on me. It's like 
it's like fraternities. You know, you join a fraternity in college, and you know, you may be in the alpha beta chapter over here, but you're gonna know, but you're still gonna be able to call that person over at the chi chapter a brother. It, yeah, you'll maybe be separated by a thousand miles in many states, but so even in this one building, I had a member from every single lodge that met on that floor where my lodge met. And so I was just, it just, it hit me right then and there. And it was just like a wave. Yeah. And so from day one, I've just been like, I want to know more. I want to know more. Teach me and everything like that. And so I did uh, eventually go into the shrine. Um, I actually ended up becoming the band director of the shrine band uh, for a short time. And then uh, as the obligation states, you know, nothing gets in the way of our usual vocation. And unfortunately, that's one thing that did have to go by the wayside. Sure. Um, I became very involved with my job. I became very involved with my family, with my wife and I. We were trying to um, establish our careers as teachers, and uh, so I had to give up something. And I had, to, unfortunately, I had to give up the shrine, but I wasn't going to give up my Blue Lodge. So, um, you know, I'm proud to say I was a Shriner. I, I unfortunately cannot be right now. Hopefully, one day, maybe later on, I can go back into it. But, um, you know, there, there are other, there are other paths, there are other light paths that I'm wanting to to explore right now, and. And I know that the shrine will be there, and it'll, it's something that I can get back into. But there's um, there's more knowledge to be had. So you know, Indeed. I've gone and ex- I've gone and explored. You know, I've now been a member of, of three lodges. I've transferred my membership, and uh, two years ago, uh, I moved back from West Texas, and I landed at Webb. And so that I, I, I did a crammed a whole lot into a little bit, and now I'm cramming a little bit into a whole lot. So um, and now I'm at Webb, and I'm the senior deacon, and uh, my lodge is, I, I mean, I'm just going to say it, my lodge is, is a cool little lodge, and it's got a lot of great history for only being around for 26 years. Yeah. So, well, you um, know, for one thing, it is awesome to see a, a newer brother that is just on fire with it like that. So that's awesome. It sounds like down in your area, masonry is doing the right thing. Because if they got brothers that enticed and that fixated in the craft... That's what it's all about right there. And, brother, for you to be able to know when you have to step away, that's what it's all about. I mean, that, that's, that's our teachings within the craft. We have to know, you know, when to set certain things aside and when to focus on this and when we got extra time for that. And when you do have time to move back to it, you know they're going to be there because that's your brothers. So commend you on that hugely for knowing your, your limits and where you need to focus your, uh, your time and career at. And that's awesome. That's, that's what it's all about. Now, within that, you mentioned that your father was a Freemason. Uh, do you have any other uh, family history going back further than that, uh, both in Blue Lodge or even affiliate bottles, uh, bottles bodies such as uh, Eastern Star or uh, youth groups as well? Uh, yes, sir. So my my father, I told you, was a member of was a member of a Wade Barney number five one two in Bloomington, Illinois. He was also a member of the. Um, uh, I just went blank on what shrine temple he was a member of in, in Peoria, <laughs> Illinois. It's still there. Uh, I just went blank. I've, I've heard it so many years in my life, and now I can't remember it when I need to. Um, and then my grandfather and his brother were both members of the same lodge in Bloomington, 512 or 521. The numbers, me and numbers, sometimes don't get along. Oh, just it's all good. Throwing it out there. Um, and then my – and it's funny you mention that. My grandfather and my and my – and his brother – I don't know how you great uncle, I guess. He they both were members of the commandery. Okay. And my they were both members of Demolay Commandery in Bloomington, Illinois. And um, as as irony would have it, I guess you'd say, my grandfather was is a past eminent commander 
of Demon Lake Commandery. Now, to give you an idea, he was commander of that commandery in 1948. I'm 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 a younger pup from an older generation. If you if you excuse the the horrible phrase, my 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 grandfather's long since been gone. Um, my dad is in his uh, late seven. Actually, he's 80 years old this year. So I'm I'm still pulling a lot of information, but there's only so much that's still there. So I've been having to do a lot of research. But yeah, my so. Um, my grandfather being a member of, of York Wright and being a member of the Commandery, um, and me never having gotten to know him, just pushed me towards wanting to further myself in my own Masonic endeavors. And so I recently com- completed the, the journey of, of York Wright. And, and I feel like because of doing that, because of learning about Commandery, because of going through the orders, because of going through becoming a Royal Archmason and becoming a member of Chapter and Council, um, I feel like I now have a connection with a man that I never really did because I never knew him. But since becoming, since following that path, I've been able to learn about him. I've been able to find people that were members of the commandery that are still alive that remember him and and have spoken fondly of him. So I know that in in this instance, masonry has seemed to have always found good men out of my family. So or made better men out of my family because I I can remember my my dad telling me before my grandfather was a mason. He was a good guy. He was. He took care of his family, but it seemed like when he got in and when he took that obligation and when he took that oath and, and did everything, he just became a better person. He became a better father. He became a better husband. Um, he became a better business owner because he opened a small business in Bloomington, sure. um, supported the community, things of that nature. So it was really uh, meaningful for me to have that connection with him. Uh, past that, I don't really know because my dad can't remember anybody before my grandfather being a Mason. That doesn't mean they don't exist, sure. um, but I have actually sent a request to the Grand Lodge of Kansas because apparently my great grandfather lived in Kansas before they moved to Illinois. So oh, I'm, I'm 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 working on seeing if I can find a name in a book somewhere in the Grand Lodge of Kansas right now. Well, and yeah, they they've got a plethora of information there. I would with that uh, tell you to you know be a little patient because. Unfortunately, Kansas just started really hounding in on the history within the last couple of years. We have a, a official archivist working at the Grand Lodge now, and he's doing great work, but it's still you know in the early on stages. So there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been scanned in yet, and it's you know physically digging through books. So the information right. is there. Uh, might just take a little time, but that that's wonderful. Um, I love to hear that you have uh, that rich family history. I come from kind of the same background, having a rich Masonic family history as well, and you know like like you touched on. It really does give that extra connection because you're in lodge and you're going through this stuff and you're like, wow, you know, my great great grandfather who I never met, I now have this instant connection with. You know, we we have this unspeakable bond all of a sudden, and you're really able to to connect with past family and have you know a leg there that didn't exist before, and it just it makes it that much more real and honorable. So that that's really really cool. Um, moving on into today's topic yeah you're coming from a lodge that's only 26 years old but history yes. is history and that 26 years of history is just as important as 150 years of history so we want to hear about that today not only that you mentioned that your part of town where your lodge is at has a very rich history and including the building that you guys are occupying so if you don't mind i'm gonna hand it over to you if you want to tell us about your lodge and how it came to be and kind of you know your story throughout the years and then jump into the town as well and let us let's hear about it Okay, um, I'm going to be a very broad historian today. I'm going to yeah, cover a lot of things, it. and um, only because I don't want to tell you wrong dates and wrong times. 
So pardon me on that one. So Web Lodge is located in southeast Arlington. The name Web comes from the name of the original community. If you go back to the late 1800s and the early 1900s when Dallas-Fort Worth, the, the North Texas area, was being settled, um, they, there were lots of little communities in and around the larger towns. You had Fort Worth and you had Dallas. And so Dallas was the main hub. Dallas was where everything went through. That's where the railroad line came through. That's where um, a lot of business took place. And then Fort Worth uh, was on the Chisholm Trail, was on the old cattle trail, the Chisholm Cattle Trail. Um, and they drove many a head of cattle through Fort Worth, through the Fort Worth stockyards, which are still there in North Fort Worth today. Um, drove them through the stockyards up to Oklahoma and then eventually onto trains to go east and west and north and, well, not south because – we drove the cattle from the south. Um, but the railroad, that time the railroad, and and you got to think, if you've ever watched the, the History Channel uh, Making America with, uh, we're talking about um, Carnegie and um, all those those guys, you can actually um, find a lot, of, a lot of that history runs through North Texas and through Dallas and through Fort Worth. Fort Worth gets its name because there actually was a fort, there was a military fort in, in what is now known as Fort Worth. Because Fort Worth was built up on a bluff, overlooking the Trinity River, and you could see every you could see a 360 degree view, so you could see everybody coming. Perfect. And spot. so the current, exactly. And so the current courthouse, the current Tarrant County Courthouse, sits on that bluff overlooking the Trinity River, and with the exception of there's a bunch of tall buildings behind it to the south now. If at one time you could see in a 360 degree view, you could see everybody coming and going, because it was up on that bluff, and it's it's really it's really pretty neat. Um, so Webb is in Arlington, and Arlington is between these two towns. And what made Arlington famous was it had a spring. And springs were very popular back in, in the uh, 1800s because you had to find water somehow, and digging wells was sometimes a really big pain, especially in North Texas. We had a lot of that hard Texas clay. Mm, yeah. And so there's only so far you can dig. And you can drill, and um, trust me, we had plenty of drilling going on here. We were drilling for oil. We were drilling for water. We were drilling for all sorts of stuff. But Arlington had a spring, and so Arlington was able to have that. So you had people from Dallas and Fort Worth that were coming to Arlington all the time on the stagecoach, and the name of the stagecoach line was the Butterfield Stagecoach Line. And it ran through a little tiny town just south of Arlington called Johnson Station. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Sure. South of Johnson Station was another little community called Webb. And Webb was a farming community. Webb had um, had cotton fields, had some other agriculture. And to tell you, to give you an idea, Webb was a, uh, to use the term, the vernacular, a happening place at the time, because <laughs> it um, it had it had a general store, it had a mill, it had a post office, and it had a church. And this church was the Webb Community Church. So back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, you didn't have a lot of denominations. You had preachers that did the circuits. They did what they called the, so you had the Baptist circuit, you had the Methodist circuit, you had the Catholic circuit. Um, Catholics were more prone to settling down and setting up their congregations and their churches, but the other ones were travelers. And so you would, it, between, every Sunday you'd have a different minister or a different preacher coming in. And Webb was one of those stops on the circuit. It had Methodist and then it had Baptist. Eventually, Webb became a Baptist church and so it became. It went from Webb Community Church to Webb Baptist Church. Uh, that the building that my lodge occupies is was built in 1906. It was finished in 1906. Had its first service in 1906. So the building that we now occupy as our lodge is 111 years old, uh, ish. 
Uh, we don't know the exact date of when the, the final nail was put in or when the first service was held. We just know that it was built and finished in 1906. Sure. And so to fast forward, hit the fast forward button, go to 1990. And there's a lot of other history that we can go into. But in 1990, um, some brothers from Arlington Lodge, mainly from Arlington 438, a couple from Mansfield 331, and a couple other lodges decided they wanted to form a country lodge. In 1990... Um, Arlington had built up, and I'm skipping a lot of history, I'll come back to it, but in 1990, Arlington was a very, um, uh, it was a suburb, and a lot of people lived in Arlington that traveled to Fort Worth and Dallas every day to work. We had a lot of industry in Arlington, um, but what Arlington was known for, especially in the late 80s and the 90s, it was the entertainment destination. We had Six Flags Over Texas, Wet n' Wild, which is now Hurricane Harbor, we had the Rangers, now we have the Dallas Cowboys, everything's right here in a in a, in a three-mile radius of North Arlington. I mean, you can stand on top of ballpark in Arlington. You can see Cowboy Stadium. You can see the, the, the theme park, the water park, all that stuff. Um, but it's Arlington's still one of these towns that still values hometown feelings. It still does, even, even today, even in 2017. Even though we have 400,000 people in Arlington, there are still pockets where it's, it's, a, it's a neighborhood. It's a town. And what's really funny, um, I tell people this all the time, and until they actually go and do it, but if you go to Google Maps right now and you were to type in 7000 Zufeld, which is the address for our lodge, if you were to type in that address right now and go to Google and go to Google Maps and do the Earth View, you will find our building because it's an old Baptist church. And the old Baptist churches, the old churches were always built in the form of a cross. So you could always find, you could always, there was a landmark. If you were ever, you know, when they first invented helicopters and flying things, you could always find the churches because they were always built in the shape of a cross. So you always, you always wow. had your markers. You always had your markers, especially in the early days of, of doing aerial, um, not topography, map, mapography. Map, is that the right word? Okay, Making maps. <laughs> sure. Making, <laughs> hey, George W. made up words all the time. I mean, come on. Um, love him to death. He's from Texas. Um, anyway. So in 1990, these brothers decided they wanted to have a country lodge. And so they searched and they searched and they searched. And there suddenly there's this little pocket in southeast Arlington known as Webb. It's, it's not a city. It's just a community. It's a, it's, a, it's a neighborhood is what it is. And you and you turn off of New York Avenue or you turn off of Mansfield Webb Road and you drive down either Rutland Road or Zufelt Road and suddenly you're transported back into time. There's, it's just this little neighbor. It's this little open area. Houses are not right next to each other. You know, you don't have these zero lot lines on these quarter acres. Now, those housing developments surround the entire community of Webb. Everywhere, every direction you go, you're running into one of those housing developments, like what I'm talking about, where it's like you're, you and your neighbor know each other real well. Yeah. But right in the middle is just this little gem. I mean, we can stand outside of our lodge and we see people riding horses because they're really? they have they have yeah. And, and the cops will come out there and they'll sit with us and they'll watch and we'll sit there and we'll talk. You know, after a lodge meeting, you know, our lodge meetings wrap up around nine. We'll stand outside for 20, 30 minutes just talking, you know, fellowship and whatever. Cops will come by and make sure everything's okay. And, and, you know, we'll all stand there and talk for a few minutes. And then here comes somebody riding a horse. And you're just like, first time you're like, was that a horse? <laughs> Second time you're like, I still can't believe that there are people riding horses around here. Third time you're like evening. <laughs> it's it's just you know it's just the way it is. So, in 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 so that in 1990 those brothers were looking for that. They found this building. They signed a contract with 
Webb Baptist Church, which still owned the building, but they had since moved on, uh, including taking the bell. We wish they'd left the bell in the bell tower, but they would taken the bell, so we're like, we'll have to work on getting one. Maybe for our 50th, we'll get a bell. Uh, and so we, we took over the building. Uh, we bought the building from them, and there were 25 brothers, and the cost of the building was approximately $25,000. And so there was a contract signed. And the contract that each brother entered into was that if at any one point any brother fell behind, another brother would step up. Or if, if, if somebody passed away or something happened to the point where um, it was kind of scary. But if only one brother was left, then they were left with the whole note. You know, they were left right. with the whole with the whole cost of the thing. Well, within six months of getting the lodge, it was paid off. Nice. We owned our we owned our lodge free and clear. And, and not many lodges can say that. There are still plenty of lodges in North Texas that still have a note on their building, right. um, especially if they've had to move recently, if they've had to, or if they're having to share lodge buildings and they're having to rent, which is a commonality in North Texas. I don't know if it's common in, in Kansas, but I know here it's, it's very common for two or three lodges to share one building, um, like the Masonic Temple in downtown where I, where I was raised. Julian Field rents their lodge room. They pay money in to take care of that building, and all four lodges, all the bodies take care of the building. Um, but what ended up happening is not too long after Webb Lodge chartered in December of 1990, and we paid off the note six months later, an Eastern Star chapter came down. So we actually are fortunate that Webb has, you know, a lot of people don't think of Webb as being this real popular lodge, and it wasn't for a long time. It really wasn't. And I'm, I'm not speaking from uh, my personal experience, because I've only been in Webb for the last two years. I was there for years 24, 25, and I'm now there for 26. Right. And, um, I can tell you that in two years we have changed I, – I would say we've changed drastically for the better, for the better. Um, we have uh, new members coming in. We have visitors coming over all the time. Once people can find us because we're pretty hard to find. Um, but uh, when we bought the building, we, we entered an agreement with Webb Baptist Church that we would become preservationists of the building. Well, it took some time, as all things do. Mm. And – um, just last year, we submitted a petition, the Lodge did, Webb Lodge did, submitted a petition to the Arlington Preservation Society for a historical landmark designation. Because it's one of a few buildings left in the city of Arlington that you can actually trace back to some of the original heritage of Arlington, Texas. Right. Uh, you know, of its generation. And so what ended up happening was we got historical designation. So now we are no longer just upkeeping the building. We are entrusted with the preservation of a landmark that's sure. tied back to the very to the very beginning of Arlington, Texas. And so we take that very seriously. So when it comes to historical things, we're we're very serious about that. We're in the process right now of upgrading of updating our lodge building. Um, it still looks like a church, still white on the outside. We still have the bell tower. Um, the cross was removed, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, in its place, we put a uh, square and compass, and. Um, it's and uh, it's gone through some changes. Originally, it was when we first got it, it was the original wood, uh, and we've since gone on and put white vinyl siding. Um, but one of our missions in the lodge and in the Eastern Star Chapter, uh, which I'm also a member of, um, thanks, wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the one of the one of our lodges is the preservation of that building. So we're actually currently talking to some people about how to go back to what that building would have looked like in 1906. Right. Now we're not we're not going to get rid of electricity and we're not going to get rid of ceiling fans and oh, we're not getting rid man. of air conditioning. <laughs> hey, we have no windows, okay? So unless you want to come into a sweat box. Um, and it can get stifling in there in the summer, let me oh. tell you. I mean, 
but uh, we are um, we're we're you know you walk into our lodge room right now it's 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 drywall and, and some of it's cracking and we're we are upgrading all of our lights to LED lights so we can see better so we can see each other better sure. um, but you know it's it's still reminiscent you walk in it's still reminiscent of, a, of an old church building you have you know your pews on one side or although we have uh, theater chairs theater chairs on each side um, and then where the where the uh, preacher station was is obviously where the master now sits <laughs> right and he and he'll get up there and he'll start He'll start throwing some 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 flames at you if you're not doing your job, but for the most part, peace and harmony does tend to reign supreme in our in our lodge building. Um, what's really cool is you can actually go into we call it the Eastern Star Room, which is right behind where the master sits, and you can actually see where the old baptistry used to be. Uh, that was closed up when the church left the building. They 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 closed that up and everything, but. Um, but you can still see remnants of that. So you can still walk through the building. You can still see remnants of the old church. Um, we we've had we have a good relationship with Webb Baptist Church, so we've been able to find some history. Um, when we had the historical marker placed last year, we had the current minister at Webb Baptist come over and give the invocation um, and bless the building again. Because as you know, churches when they're when they're open, they're usually blessed. They've they've some kind of a consecration. That's more sure. Catholic. Every church does it. Blesses the building, blesses the land, and uh, so we just to stay on the right side of of, of things. We had the the building rededicated, reblessed, and and so that and and Webb was happy to come out and do that for us because they know that we're preserving a part of their history. So when you come up and you see the the marker on the side of our building, it's right in front. We put it right up to the front of the front door. It says on the top, Webb Baptist Church, Webb Community Church. But before it even says Masonic anything, it says Webb Baptist Church because that's the history of that building. That's wonderful. And so for, for 26 years, we've been at labor, and we've built um, – we have a membership of just under 100. Um, we are an older lodge as far as our membership goes, but we have a lot of younger members such as myself in there. Um, we're steadily growing, and we've become more active on our district level. Um, di Texas has broken up, as I'm sure Kansas is, yeah. is broken up into multiple districts. Well, we're in the 64th district of Texas, and there are approximately 30, dis 30 lodges in our district, and we're in 64D, 64 David, um, and uh, we share that district with about eight other lodges, I believe, I think so. And uh, but and we're not just trying to be active on our district level, although we have good relations with all the lodges in our district. Um, we've we've gotten to the point where even last Thursday we went to uh, we went to uh, a master masons degree at Arlington 438, and um, Arlington usually doesn't have this problem where they need help doing degrees, but for some reason, just that particular night they were they they didn't have quite as many members, and we just happened to come in for the degree and. Uh, building that bond of fellowship with that lodge because, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of our members were, I guess you would say, disenchanted, disgruntled a little bit and wanted to get away from the city lodge and create right. that country lodge feel. So, uh, you know, and we're, we've been slowly rebuilding the, the bond with them. And to the point where this year we're planning uh, our, our incoming masters, respective masters, are, are wanting to plan some joint activities between 438 and 1454. And uh, but you know it's 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 good. We have a lot of people that come over to our lodge and they really like it. They like the historical aspect of it. You know, you're not walking into a, a steel building or the temple downtown. You're walking into this old, you know. Again, pull into our just take a turn off a of web off a of Mansfield Web Road, and suddenly you are transported back a hundred years into what it looked like. It's just change your car for a horse and buggy. Right. And you're that, heading that's to the wonderful there. Sunday. 
uh, you know, in our town here in Gardner, uh, it, it's steadily growing, but it, it does still have that uh, that small town feel. And you know, me and my wife were walking up to uh, well to the lodge area. There's a coffee shop on the bottom floor, so we were on our normal evening walk the other night, and it just kind of popped into a daydream. You're walking down there. And I've seen so many pictures of it, it's easy for me to visualize, but you just see the, the asphalt disappear, dirt roads, horse and buggy coming through, and that lodge has been there that long. And it's, it's, it's amazing to really, you know, connect back with what used to be. So to hear that you guys are preserving that old building like that, that that's wonderful. You know, you're a lodge that is still making your history, yet you're conscious to and preserving the history that was and combining those two together that's that's wonderful to hear um now you said early on that the original lodge in arlington was 438 um is that any correlation to the lodge that you are now or is that lodge still in existence or what happened there arlington 438 is still in existence and it's still a very big lodge actually um if if i'm correct it's it has the largest membership body of any lodge in tarrant county um and that's and that's going back you know our our mother lodge for the for the county fort worth 148 um you know they they have a membership body of roughly right around i'm not going to say numbers because i told you i get i get my numbers confused they have <laughs> let's just put it this way arlington 438 has a slightly larger presence now part of it has to do with fort worth is in the temple downtown a lot of people don't know what that building is whereas if you are in arlington and you're just driving up and arlington lodge sits between two major streets that run right directly east and west through Arlington, Texas. Right. And it's it's actually ironic. Uh, it's right next to some train tracks, so you can see the lodge on both sides. Well, a few years ago, Arlington, after being there for I don't know how many years, finally got wise, and they put the name of the, the lodge on the back of the building, too. So you oh, can okay. now drive by, and you see it, and you're like, hey, that's a Masonic lodge. And then first chance you get, you turn around, go across the tracks, and come back to the building, or you're driving by, and you're like, oh, hey, turn around, go back in. And so they, they get a lot of drive-by traffic. They get a lot of uh, web traffic because obviously Arlington A, you know, top of the list when you do a Google search, Arlington Masonic Lodge, first thing that's going to come up is Arlington 438. Um, the, the split, as, as some have called it, was just like I said, uh, um, Arlington is very much a, and this is no bashing, I, have, I own two of them myself, it's very much a suit and tie kind of lodge. You come to, meet, you come to stated meetings, you're in suit and tie. Um, some of them, some of the members, some of the past masters have done, have even gone back to doing the the tuxedo for installations. But sure. for the most part, suit and tie, um, and you can do that. Whereas you come down to web, and yeah, you, know, you will. We will have our stated meetings where we'll be in suit and tie. Or um, I've started rocking the bow tie myself um, for multiple reasons. Number one, I'm a bigger guy and it makes my head look smaller. I don't know. We'll <laughs> we get in all that later. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that. But for the most part, you can come to our lodge in jeans and a nice shirt, you know, cowboy boots and jeans, and, and you're going to fit in with the brothers that are there. You sure. can come in and um, obviously we do it. We don't do flip-flops and shorts, even though it's Texas. You know, sometimes we want to, like in July, it gets really hot, and you don't want to go sit in lodge meeting in your, in your suit, which why we're having our installation July 1st, I have no idea, other than that's when the Grandmaster was available. Um you know, when his schedule says, well, I'm available on this date. Yes, sir. We'll take it. That's right. Um, but uh, we've, uh, we're, we're, I guess you would say a little bit more laid back. And sure. that's what the, that's what the, the brothers that started our lodge wanted. They wanted a little bit more of a laid back. Um, you know, Arlington's very busy, something every night on the, on the calendar. Well, Arlington Lodge, uh, it's not this way now, but used to be home to, of course, the lodge, um, a commandery 
a York a chapter and council, um, a Eastern Star chapter, a Rainbow Girls chapter, a uh, Order of the Bosent, yeah, Order of the uh, the the Women's Auxiliary for Commandery, um, Demolay. There were a lot of appendant bodies that were in that right. one building. It was. You know, you pull up to it in the front of the building and it says Masonic Temple. It's not kidding. It's a little mini temple sure. <laughs> in Arlington. And and it's because you um, – it, and it's really interesting. The way that that lodge got so big so fast was that you had – when Arlington started growing – this is going back, a little history. But when Arlington started growing, especially when they put the highways, two highways run through Arlington, uh, Interstate 30 and Interstate 20. And when they put those two highways in, all of a sudden Arlington became the destination. If you lived in, if you lived in Dallas or Fort Worth, but you didn't want to, or if you worked in Dallas and Fort Worth and you didn't want to live there, you could move to Arlington, and you were still only thirty-ish minutes away from your from your usual vocation. Yeah. And so that's what brought all of that to to Arlington. There used to be a uh, Scottish Rite um, club in Arlington. I think there still is. I think they meet occasionally, but the as you're only 20 minutes from the temple downtown for the valley, for the Fort Worth Valley, um, I think that went away pretty quickly. But right. I, I, I do remember hearing that Scottish Rite used to have a, a club there in Arlington. Um, but like I said, it was mainly to, it was the they wanted a slower pace. They wanted sure. to take it back in time a little bit, so to speak, and they wanted to have that again that feeling like you're saying. You pull off the main road and you're on a you're on a dirt country road and you're gone from your from your V6 or your V8 to your V2, your horse and buggy, and you're just pulling up to the lodge ready for your. Uh, now we meet on Tuesdays. We're not a moonlight lodge. We're not a daylight lodge. Um, so we're not we're not commanded by when the moon and the stars are are brightest. Um, we do still have a couple of those in North Texas, by the way. We do still have two active. Am I right? Two two active moonlight lodges in the North Texas area. Right. Um, and I'll get to those in a minute. They're actually pretty cool, um, but uh, but yeah. So it was just we were looking for a slower way of life. Now since then, now you fast forward twenty six years. Yeah, we're a little bit more in the hustle and bustle. We ourselves have a a fairly full calendar. Um, you know, like I said, we have an Eastern Star chapter there. We have our Blue Lodge there. Um, we've hosted a Masters Wardens and Secretaries Association meeting there. It goes, of course, rotates through the county. Um, we have a Masonic Service Bureau meeting coming up that also rotates through the county. Um, through the lodges in the county, but for the most part, it's it's uh, we're a fairly active lodge. But where we do a lot of our activities is we do a lot of traveling. We like to be oh, a travel. We like to go visit other lodges, um, and jumping back to historical light, um, we just came off of yesterday. We just came off of our third annual uh, Masonic Moto Rally and Lodge Tour, where what we do is we pick a direction. This year we happen to go southwest again. Similar to our first year, but the first year they went southwest and then they went north and they went. They took a real big curve around the Metroplex. Uh, last year we basically went almost due east and then south. This year we went almost straight due southwest. And what we do is we pick lodges that are along this route and we visit them. And we call them up and we say, we'd like to come by your lodge. We're, we're, on, a, we're, on, a, we're on a tour. We're on a lodge tour. And so yesterday we went to, uh, from starting at Webb, we went from Godly Lodge to uh, Glen Rose, to Chalk Mountain, then to Heiko, Dublin, and Stephenville. Not, not one lodge was younger than 100 years old. That's awesome. We hit historical lodges, lodges that have been there, you know, some lodges that are in their original buildings, some lodges that are in their fifth building. Um, but, you know, and our goal 
is to reconnect yes. with the history of masonry. Why are these lodges still existing, still thriving, when small towns in Texas are, are constantly going down, coming up, going down? How, how? How are they able to stay, stay present? Um, best example I can give you, if you ever get a chance, I, I hope to one day be able to greet you in person in Texas, in North Texas, brother, and, sh and show you what we have to offer here. And even if I have to come up there and get you myself, uh, I know the way to Gardner, Kansas. Uh, <laughs> I hope to make that journey, indeed. Uh, but uh, we have, if you get outside of the city, now the city has tons of history. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down talking. We have lots of history in our lodges. Lots of uh, grandmasters are from North Texas. Um, our current sitting grandmaster is from a lodge that's technically in North Texas. Um, so we we have a good relate, and we actually have a good relationship with him. We've slowly been building good relationships with our grandmasters. Before we were just that lodge of, hey grandmaster, how are you? And now it's like, we know him as not just most worshipful, but we know him as Jerry, you know, brother yeah. Kirby, because we sat in lodge with him before he was grandmaster, and so it's like, to us, it's. You know, lodges don't always get that privilege of being able to sit in a lodge with their grandmaster at some point. We've been able to have Jerry Nelson Kirby, as our, who's our current grandmaster, in our lodge before. And so it's, it's easy to sit there and, and forget that he's, oh, most worshipful. It's like, hey, brother, how are you? You know, it's easy to kind of drop the formality for a minute. And usually he's not one for the formalities unless it's an official function. And then he's like, you know, let's stick to protocol. Sure. Um, but uh, these old lodges that are outside, I mean um, – I'll give you one one for you and for your viewers. Chalk Mountain Lodge. Chalk Mountain Lodge. If you go, they are they do have a web presence and they're a great old lodge. And what's so funny about them is they're on the road between uh, Glen Rose and Stephenville on Highway 67. Um, it's a major it's a major highway there in 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 southwest Texas or in south central west Texas. It's it's down that way. Um, Chalk Mountain Lodge. If you ever get a chance to go visit that lodge, they are a moonlight lodge. They are still dictated by when the full moon rises. They meet on the Saturday on or after the full moon. Oh, and okay. it's either two or three times a year, they even do what they call a lamplight lodge, where no electricity. Really? You walk in, the lodge is being is being lit by a potbelly stove in the middle, uh, a cast iron stove, wood-burning stove in the middle, and then oil lamps around the lodge room. It's so cool. It's so cool. And the unique history about that building was where it sits now, it actually used to be 100 yards closer to the main road. But the lodge building was sitting on land that was owned by a widow, and the widow wanted to sell the land. But she couldn't sell the land with the lodge on it. So some fighting happened and some you know, legal stuff. And, and what was worse was the lodge didn't have two nickels to rub together. They were bad it was like they had their last 20 bucks in the in the coffers it was not a good time yet somehow the masons of texas rallied together and were able to get a construction company out of stephenville to come and actually lift the top part of the lodge the actual lodge room hmm. lift it and move it 100 yards and lay it in its current uh in its current home which is on top of a cinder block foundation so you walk in, and there's a, a technically another meeting room downstairs so that if it ever gets like when they have installations or they're having ceremonies and not everybody will fit up in the lodge room, they can have it downstairs. It's air-conditioned. Nice. It's, it's dug into the ground a little bit, so that helps with their with their heating and cooling bills. Um, that's also where their mess hall is. Their dining hall is right around the corner. But then you still climb up the stairs, and just like being transported, walking from the sidewalk to the gravel 
you know, walking from the the pavement to the to the to the dirt road, you climb the stairs and you're going from 2017 transported back to 1890s. That's and awesome. you sit there in that lodge, and, and you have to sit there, and you have to go. You sit in these chairs, and you go, who sat here? Yes. Who, who stood in the east and almost knocked their top hat off? They had a they have a little tradition where they have a top hat, a lodge top hat that they sometimes they wear. Um, obviously, it's up to the discretion of the master, but and this the current sitting master, who's a friend of ours at Webb, he's a cowboy hat kind of guy, always wears a cowboy hat. But it's they're a they're a country lodge. You walk in, if you walk in in a suit and tie, you look awkward. You do you stick out <laughs> like a sore thumb. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know everybody that's there is usually in in blue jeans and a white polo shirt, which they've had it embroidered up. And and, uh, and it's it's really funny because you look and you see the members, see how many of them have a year on the back of their on the back of their uh, shirt from when they were past master. How many years? How many years can you count? I've seen one brother who's got nine. He's been master of that lodge nine times. Wow. So, but they love it. They love it. They don't yeah. do it because they have to. They do it because they love it. They love being master of Chalk Mountain Lodge. Well, that's a lot of great points there, brother. I, I really like the idea of the, uh, I, I can't remember what you call it, the candlelit lodge, or what was the term? Uh, lamplight. Lamplight. Lamplight Lodge. That, that's lamplight cool. Lodge. I, can, I mean, I've been in Lodge where, you know, it's more of a, a T.O. Uh, perspective and everything's candlelit, and just the essence of being in there, the, the feeling that you get is like none other so yeah to really take it back to that historical light or that historical level and have the lamp lit lodge that that's cool i think uh We've, that's something that would be something neat to uh, implement in the future uh, just really taking your lodge back to what it was in its beginning days and have that connection that's that's neat i like that and i should mention you will never hear the sound of an air conditioner in that lodge room in any stated meeting they do not if it's summertime, the windows are open. If it's wintertime, the windows are closed, except for one. They usually bring one in to help circulate some cool air. Sure. Because there's, there's a certain point where there gets to be a little too much hot air in that room. Yeah. And uh, But they've, uh, we've had several brothers who have been there in the coldest months the last few years, and they'll see that, that iron, cast iron stove glowing bright red because that's how hot it is. Right. So you get anywhere near it, you're liable to singe your arm hair off. Oh, I can understand that. Well, two things you mentioned that I just kind of want to touch on real quick that you know just stood out to me is, you know, you mentioned the divide with the 438 Lodge and then kind of breaking off to the lodge you guys have now. And as you described it, I can totally understand that. As cool as it is to have so many organizations and such a busy, you know, hub of masonry in a building, to do anything extracurricular becomes almost impossible. I mean, I, I remember back at my mother lodge in Lenexa, we didn't have all that, but we had a Blue Lodge, Eastern Star, and uh, Job's Daughters outfit. Well, just with those three organizations, you tried to come up with a you know a picnic night or an extra study club or anything like that. And with three organizations, you're running a schedule conflicts just left and right of you know who's using it this night or who's got what going on. So I can imagine with that many different organizations trying to operate, you'd run into a lot of brick walls trying to do anything besides your stated meeting. So. Uh, yeah, I, I totally understand why you'd want to get to a slower pace at that point and be able to focus a little more on your guys' goals. The uh, second thing that you got or that you mentioned was putting the sign on the back of your building. I love that. When I moved to Gardner here, up by the highway, you'd see the you know the the city posted metal sign, free and accepted masons. I'm like, sweet. There's a Masonic lodge here in Gardner. I drove up and down that street 15 times when I first moved here. 
I don't know where that lodge is at. I look online. I'm like, well, it says it's up on Main Street. I'd go drive it again. Didn't see it. It's like, ah, oh, maybe it's not around anymore. I think when they built that lodge, because the you know, as you said, being historical, the the lodge here was one of the very first buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lodge we're in now burnt down in 1906. They rebuilt it in 1907. At that point, I think they were thinking the uh, the city was going to develop in a different direction, because <laughs> our yeah. lodge is on Main Street. But it's facing the side street, looking the opposite way from the traffic. So when I'm driving down, you see the big sign for the coffee shop on the side, and you see this old building. I had no idea it was a Masonic lodge. Now, if I'd have looked closer, there is a lamp up on the side with a Masonic symbol. I was oblivious to that as I was driving through Main Street traffic there. Uh, but yeah, the actual big sign on the top that says Masonic yeah. Temple, facing the side street, the opposite direction that nobody yeah. comes. So. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not used to seeing those little glass orbs, and I think that's what right. you're talking about, little lamps. Yeah. yeah, those those are so those are you don't see them anymore. You don't see right. because so many old lodges, either they've been broken from, especially in North Texas, we lose the, we lost a lot of those due to hailstorms uh, yeah. and bad weather. But then you know you also have the 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 teenagers who are going around. Yes, there are still teenagers that roll around with BB guns and shoot out yep. windows, and and that's a popular target. Um, Matter of fact, one of our lodges that we visited on our lodge tour yesterday, Stephenville Lodge, has two of those, one on each corner of their building. Nice. Um, and uh, they and I said, well, you know, you're missing a couple of glass orbs. And they showed me a room in the back where they have a, a, a bunch of those broken ones and some new ones. They're just like, we just got tired of putting them up. I mean, those cost money. And you can't find <laughs> oh, them anymore. Yeah. And it, I, one correction, it's uh, web actually doesn't have any markings on it to, 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 to on the building itself. Oh, okay. To, that's that's 438. That's Arlington Lodge. Gotcha. They 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 did that because, like I said, you could if you drove down the one street, the one main street there that it's on, facing the the the. It's on Abram Street, and I know you don't know where that is in, in Arlington, but Abram is a major street that goes through Arlington east to west. Um, you would always know it was a Masonic temple because it said Masonic temple on the on the front of the building right. and had square encompass. And but there was never anything on the backside, and the backside faced the north, which faced Division, also known as Highway 180. And that's a busy, like when traffic gets backed up on 30, a lot of people dump down to, to 180 to just cut through town. Right. Yeah, there's stoplights, but it's not heavily traveled. Nice four-lane road, two, tw- turn lane in the middle, go straight through town. Um, for many, many, many years, as long as I can remember, you never knew that was anything until a couple of years ago, I'm driving through town, and I was like, Yay, Arlington finally got smart and put, put a sign on the backside of their lodge. And it's huge. I mean, it says Arlington Masonic Lodge, number 438. Now, square and compass, that's bigger than my pickup truck, I swear. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little. Webb, we have, we have a small sign out in front. The way we tell people is you come down here and you just look for the old church. And, and of course, like I said, you, you – uh, and I'll have to send you a picture of what our building looks like. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but you'll see – when you see the picture, you'll be like, oh, that looks like an old Baptist church. Okay. <laughs> uh, one, of our, one of our hopes is in the next couple of years we're going to uh, have a fundraiser to, um, to, to put some signage on our, on our building, hopefully. Um, right now we have just a small sign out front. Uh, we refaced it a couple of years ago so that it has information for the lodge and the Eastern Star Chapter. But again, other than that sign – uh, in front of our lodge, and then a sign on our dining hall, which just says Horace Johnson Dining Hall, and has a square and compass on it. And it's not very big; it's not very visible from the main road. Right. Um, other than those two things, you don't know it's a Masonic lodge. And um, we have a the the current master of Chalk Mountain Lodge. I told you about. He has a metal art company. He's a you know you you find Masons have a lot of hobbies. 
Yeah, um, And, you know, you've, you guys have got their usual location, and then they have their hobbies. Well, this particular brother, his usual location, he's a truck driver. He's an over-the-road truck driver. Uh, but his hobby is metal art, and he makes metal signs. So if you, again, if you ever visit the Chalk Mountain website, there's going to be a picture of his work, the, the signage on, on his lodge building. He made that. He's done that for several lodges, and we've talked to him several times, and and it's not that it's it's super expensive. It's just that how do you build that into your your budget for the for the year for the Masonic year? And so we've we've talked many times, and I think we're we're at the point now where we're going to be in the next year or so going to be including that in our budget, so we can have that signage. Uh, unfortunately, as I'm sure you are have had experience working with city governments, getting signage on a main road is a little difficult. It's yeah. uh, I don't want to say the word impossible, but um, we would have to be very creative with what the city of Arlington allows to get the necessary signage we need on the main roads. Um, but again, I'm a my wife calls me stubborn. I like to say persistent. There you go. I'm a pers- I'm a persistent brother, and I and I uh, you know I do get I do get discouraged from time to time. But I t- I'll I'll sit there and I'll take a little refreshment, and I'll and I'll sit on it and I'll ponder. Okay, what can I do? Talk to some people. Um, and as it turns out, I have a lot of uh, we have a lot of uh, not a lot. But we have a fair number of brothers in certain roles within city and county government that have come to light recently, shall we say? <laughs> and so we're hoping that you know we can we can do it the proper way. We don't want to do anything illegal. We always want to be above board. But uh, now that we've got some information, we can you know figure out better ways to to uh, to let people know, hey, we're here. Come on, Indeed. take that take the trip down the side street and come see us. You know. Exactly. But. Well, brother, it has been a, an honor having you on the show today. You've brought in so much history, not from just your lodge, but the, the area in general, and really have uh, brought us to light in a lot of ways in that manner. So I want to thank you so much for coming on today, taking the time out of your Sunday after Sunday morning, I should say, to uh, to share that with us. Um, before we wrap up, I want to hand it back over to you. If you have any final thoughts or uh, plugs that you would like to give, a website for your lodge or anything, how they can get a hold of you. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, first thing I'd like to plug is, of course, your show, Historical Life. Thank you. And um, I, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on. Um, I owe you a um, a huge uh, th- a huge debt of gratitude. Um, if it weren't for your episode where you interviewed the worthy brother from the Oklahoma Indian degree team, um, I would not have learned about that team, and then I would not have had the um, I would not have then gone to their recent degree they held here in North Texas. So. Um, I want to thank you for that because you you uh, showing light on that on that team made me want to go see them and when and you know otherwise it would just have been another another event in North Texas that I had missed so right. um, so I want to thank you for what you're doing uh, bringing a lot of things uh, I especially love your photos and your your posts on Facebook so it's it's I really look forward to when I see postings from Historical Light on on Facebook and I get to watch a new episode oh, so thank, thank you, you. keep do, keep doing this this is awesome I appreciate um, that deeply humbled. Thank you. Uh, Web Lodge has a presence on Facebook as well as on the internet, and we're on Twitter. Don't ask me the Twitter handle, though. What I don't is the know. Twitter I don't... handle? <laughs> At something. There you go. Do a, do a search, Web Lodge 1454. But if you go to, um, let me make sure I give you the correct, uh, I believe it is weblodge.org. Weblodge.org is our uh, website. Where'd you go? I lost you. There you are. Weblodge.org. Sorry about that. 
W-E-B-L-O-D-G-E.org. That's our website. You can find all of our information when our stated meetings are, study clubs. We have a, uh, we're working very hard on, a, on keeping our calendar up to date. You can also find some information out about our, just our brief history, uh, history of the lodge, as well as history about our, our Eastern Star chapter, which is Web Eastern Star. Uh, they do not have a formal Facebook page, but or a formal. They don't. Act, we're working on that. We're we're trying to bring Web Eastern Star into the 20th century. Um, that's something my wife and I are working on. She's about to be the associate conductress for Web Chapter, and I'm about to be warden. They're like, well, she's here. Let's put him to work too. And I'm like, well, congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm looking for it's a lot of fun. Um, I would also encourage anybody out there in in podcast land to also check out uh, 64th Masonic District of North Texas, especially if you are planning a trip to North Texas anytime soon. Look up the 64th Masonic District. That's the District of Tarrant County. And if you're not visiting anybody in Tarrant County, but you're visiting Dallas County, which is our near our neighbor county, um, they are the 14th Masonic District, and both Masonic districts have great websites with lots of information, including uh, really well-organized calendars. Um, of course, being a um, being a, 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 a strong advocate for um, small for masonry in general, um, I encourage anybody listening to this episode, whether you're a mason or not, to just get out there and visit other lodges. Mm -hmm. Don't just keep going to your lodge. You never know. Just sitting in a meeting, and you and, and the stated meetings may not be your favorite, but you never know when you go to another lodge. Number one, you never know who you're going to meet. Number two, you never know what great idea might be thrown out that they might be doing, and you're sitting there going, "I can do that in my lodge." Yeah. And then and then there's that spark. There's that. There's that. There's we call it planting the seed. There's a seed planted, and you can now take that. Um, and number three, you just never know how much of a good time you're going to have because Indeed. sometimes. Like you may be in a very, and I and I, I don't mean to use the word conservative and liberal, but I'm it's it's a best descriptor. You may be in a very conservative lodge that's you come into your stated meeting and your stated meeting is all about your business and there's not really a lot of joking. And then you may go to a lodge meeting and it's it's a good time. You know, there's jokes and there's everything to be had and 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 you need that. Yes, you need your formal meetings to get stuff done, but every once in a while it's good to just go and 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 hear and hear brothers crack jokes. I do that all the time and I get the. You know, I sit in the I sit in the north, and I get a lot of dirty looks from my master sometimes. You know, he's pointing at me, going, "Enough of that!" And I just can't help myself because I bring a little. I have to bring a little levity to things. But um, so definitely check out sixty fourth district if you're coming to to Tarrant County, fourteenth district if you're coming to Dallas County. Um, the right in between is Arlington and Grand Prairie. Lots of great. Masonic activities going on in Arlington and Grand Prairie. Um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't plug our brothers at Arlington 438. Definitely check them out. They have a lot of great things. Um, and I'll close with this. If you're in the area on the third Tuesday and you find yourself hungry, make your way down to 7000 Zufelt. It's Z-U-E-F-E-L-D-T, 7000 Zufelt, and we'll feed you. And then we'll take you in and we'll let you see our, our lodge room and um, – we have this saying, if the lights are on, somebody's home. And even if the lights aren't on, come knock on the door. Somebody might be asleep on the cot in the back. There you go. So, so, and I thank you again, brother. Uh, this has been a fantastic experience. Indeed. Well, thank you, brother. It, it has been a fantastic experience. It's great to have you on. Uh, you've, like I said, brought a, a wealth of knowledge and information about your Masonic history and your town's history to Historical Light today. So we are deeply indebted to you for that. So we will have all those links you mentioned um, put on the website. 
and uh, on the Facebook page and stuff for e uh, easy accessibility for you guys to be able to find those. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on, and we'll end it with that. And, brother, we'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. Right, Appreciate it. Bye. You too. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's interview just as much as I did. It was a pleasure to have Brother Fisher on the show for that chat. And uh, I definitely want to thank you, brother, for taking the time out of your schedule to do so. And we hope to have you back on again. It was a, it was a pleasure to have you on, sincerely. Now, I have had the chance to go around and do some presentations lately, uh, speaking engagements. One of those being out at Topeka Lodge number 17. They're actually housed in the Grand Lodge of Kansas building in Topeka, Kansas. I uh, went out there and uh, spoke on the preservation and recovery of lodge history. Went over really great. And the cool thing about that presentation is the fact that a couple of the guys from my lodge, Gardner Lodge, went out there with me and we ended up meeting the requirements to steal one of their traveling gavels. So that was really cool. Now this gavel was released by Tracy Bloom, who is our current Grand Secretary. Uh, he's also past Grand Master of Kansas. He released this traveling gavel after his father passed away um, in honor of him. So it was really a, uh, a nice surprise and an honor to receive that and carry on that gavel's history. So once uh, Gardner gets out of our summer months, um, one of our local lodges will have to look in to come steal that from us and keep it in motion but it was uh, definitely a pleasure to receive that. And I'll throw in some pictures obviously here so you guys can see it. Um, another speaking engagement coming up very soon is the Midwest Conference on Masonic Education on August 19th. Now that's actually a two-part conference. There's also a conference on the 18th. So definitely check out the link to that event. That is again, August 18th and 19th the Midwest Conference on Masonic Education, and uh, keep up with the Kansas Grand Lodge on social media for more news to come on that. It's going to be a great event. I'm really excited to be part of that and uh, definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be, it's going to be a good deal. Now, with that, I want to encourage you guys to go check out the Facebook group. Uh, if you don't know what that is yet, that is the Historical Light Masonic Research Group on Facebook. It's an extension of this show and uh, just kind of a way for you guys as well to present your Masonic history um, and get it out there in the public spotlight. It's a growing group, uh, great conversations going on there on a daily basis, so we would love to have you join that with us and become part of the growing Historical Light community. So definitely go to click join, we'll get you in on the action there, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. So until next time, I want to wish you all well while you continue your quest for Historical Light. We'll see you all soon. Take care.